Electrical waste, or e-waste, is the fastest growing waste stream globally. On average, we're seeing about 50 million tonnes of additional e-waste every single year. And though it's a significant problem here... The EU predicts that there's around 700 million mobile phones in people's homes in the EU. That's not in landfills, that's not being recycled, it's just stored. Some of us don't even know what it is. E-waste, as in this waste. What are you pointing to there? Waste. And others have no clue what to do with it. Little, little warrior phones. I have no idea. Yeah, lose them all the time, yeah. so we have to buy a new pair. So what problems is e-waste causing? Can we innovate our way out of destruction? Or is the issue bigger than small electricals and us? There's three main issues, I suppose. Lee McGowan is a tech reporter at Silicon Republic. Like various different types of waste, it's not going to dispose very well. So when it's thrown in with your regular waste and it ends up eventually in landfill, it's going to take a long time to eventually decompose. So that's going to be a burden for the environment for a very long time. The second one is, unlike other forms of waste, lots of electronic waste has toxic materials. So that's the like of lead and mercury. So that can have a serious impact in local environments if it ends up into the soil and the water supply, which it's very likely to do if it is a landfill. Arguably, one of the bigger issues then is the fact that the valuable materials inside that phone, the non-renewable materials, likes of gold and silver and cobalt, is lost, essentially, if it's thrown into regular landfill. Gold, for example, is vital for the likes of solar panels. So these things are all very interlinked. The equivalent of 1,000 laptops is thrown out every single second. In some places, the amount of e-waste will increase by 500% in years to come. But why? There's definitely an economy that exists nowadays for things being people swapping an old model for the new model. And I think that companies who are in that system very much will be focused on, I don't think they would care as much for longevity of their products because in 18 months or a year or two years, they'll have a new device that they will want people to swap to anyway. And on that note, some people just want to have the latest model. But unfortunately, due to consumerism in today, the average uh, amount of time someone holds on to their smartphone these days is only for 18 months. Hodrick Power is Global Head of Marketing for Refurbed, an online marketplace for refurbished electronics and one of a growing number of companies making re-e-use their business. So in Refurbed, we were really, really excited to reach 1 billion euro in sales since we launched, uh, which was huge for us because the company itself is only six years old. Younger people tend to have uh, or tend to lean towards sustainability and they want to work with a company or buy from a company that has sustainability at its core when possible. And on average, when you buy a refurbished device, you save 73% e-waste, you save 80% of CO2 emissions and 90% of water usage. So a lot of that is actually in the initial production of the device. And then what we're trying to do is minimize all of that that's been stripped, just being chucked into e-waste. With attitudes changing and literally billions to be made, is green tech looking for their piece? Are biodegradable laptops or eco-friendly earbuds, for example, on the horizon? Well, I would say there are companies that are pushing the idea of, um, I guess, carbon neutral products. Lee McGowan again. Apple most recently came out with their uh, carbon neutral smartwatch. They said it's their first carbon neutral product. And they're aiming to be, to my knowledge, fully carbon neutral by 2030. The reason it's carbon neutral is because they paid carbon credits to offset the cost of around 20, 30% of the smartwatch. So is it still carbon neutral? Some would say yes. I would say it's sort of debatable. 
Likely, a group of fixers at Dublin's TOG hackerspace are suspicious of small changes from big tech. At Jeffrey Rose Repair Cafe, small groups are making big shifts in the right direction. So Repair Cafe is at, at its very heart a grassroots event where people come along with broken items and then we help them on their journey of repair. Where we don't have a, a teacher up at the top of the board, it's more that learning together on, on, you know, on a workbench. I think people do lament the fact that maybe it's a sense of nostalgia that their grandparents uh, would have repaired a lot and uh, can see the amount of materials that have gone into it. People come along where uh, they're uh, cost conscious, you know, they put money into an item, they, uh, with this cost of living crisis, they don't have the money to buy a new one. And then when they go home, they're very proud. They're, you know, people are more accepting of, uh, of visible mending uh, in their common objects that they bring along. And they're very proud that, but if we, I think people are valuing or, and seeing that repair should be uh, higher on the list uh, ahead of recycling because they know how much energy essentially goes in to the recycling process. If anyone's interested in getting their items repaired, they can come along to our next repair cafe, which is happening in Blanchestown Library on Saturday the 21st of October.